NBA on NBC. What is up, everybody? This is Jim Mylock, and you're listening to Pot of Fame, the podcast where we break down the careers of former athletes and decide whether or not they should get a call to the hall. On today's podcast, we're talking about former NFL running back and former MOB outfielder Bo Jackson. And joining us in just a moment to discuss Bo Jackson's career is New York Times bestselling author Jeff Perlman. But before we bring Jeff on, let's talk a little more about Bo. And actually, at the top here, let's do this first. Bo Jackson's not a Hall of Famer in baseball or football. Get that out of the way here. Um, his career is too short in both, both sports. And again, did he have Hall of Fame talent? He most certainly did. Is he one of the best athletes of all time? I would say yes. Jeff Perlman would definitely say yes. And you'll hear that in just a second. But his careers were way too short. His numbers, you know, as great as they were in, in short bursts, again, didn't allocate nearly enough to be even being considered. So no, Bo Jackson's not a Hall of Famer in baseball or football. However, I felt like I would be doing you all a disservice as well as myself if I never did a Bo Jackson episode on this podcast. And, you know, what's a better time to do it than when Jeff Perlman just releases a new book? He, Jeff came out with a new book last week titled The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. It's a biography on Bo Jackson. So with the release of that book, I thought, hey, this is the perfect time to do this podcast. So Jeff came on. Um, we talked about Bo Jackson's best moments, uh, you know, who in the Hall of Fame he kind of compares to talent-wise. As well as, you know, is he one of the best athletes of all time? But Hall of Fame can't see really didn't come up in today's podcast because, again, the guy just didn't play long enough. However, it's an excellent show. We do some really fun stuff with Jeff on the podcast. And again, his book, if at the end of this podcast you go buy his book, you are in for a treat because Jeff Perlman hits out of the park every single time. Uh, and it's no different with this book. Uh, he sent me an advanced copy several weeks ago. Uh, it is excellent. It's classic Jeff Perlman. If you've ever read a Perlman book, you know what you're getting. Uh, extensive interviewing um, really unturns every stone out there in terms of getting the story straight, letting you know everything you have to do. And there's hundreds and hundreds of pages of Bo Jackson. So go check out Jeff's book. Before I bring Jeff on, though, let's talk about Bo Jackson's career, right? So his MLB career, 1986-1994, only played 694 games. For some reason, I thought it was more than that. Like, I look at, again, Hall of Famers that had really short careers. Someone like Ralph Kiner only played 10 seasons in Major League Baseball. He's in the Hall of Fame. Ralph Kiner played in 1,472 games. Bo played in 694. So, again, half, like not even half of Ralph Kiner's career. And in those 694 games, Bo had 598 hits, 141 home runs, 415 RBIs, 82 stolen bases, and a 250 batting average with a 112 OPS+. plus. He was an all-star in 1989 and did win the all-star game MVP that year, uh, hit a home run in that game. So all-star game MVP, one-time all-star, best he ever did in the MVP voting was actually that year in the regular season MVP voting. He finished 10th in the AL and MVP voting in 89, hit 32 home runs, 105 RBIs, which was good for fourth in the AL in both categories. Also had 32 steals. So he had a 32 home run, 32 steal season in 89 um that's his baseball career again 
694 games, 141 home runs, pretty damn good. But again, nowhere near the career that a Cooperstown inductee would have. As for football, I would say this is the better of his two sports. Of course, he wins the Heisman at Auburn, one of the best college players of all time, a college football Hall of Famer. But his NFL career was even shorter than I remember. 1987-1990, plays in four seasons. He's a rookie at the age of 25. He's out of the league at 28. He plays in 38 games in the NFL. 38 games. Think of one of the shortest Hall of Fame careers you can think of. Gale Sayers, right? My Chicago Bears, my Gale Sayers. Gale Sayers played in 68 games. Gale Sayers played in 30 more games than Bo Jackson. That is how short Bo Jackson's NFL career was. He was a pro bowler in the NFL, though, in 1990. So he's a pro bowler in the NFL. He was an all-star in MOB. He's the only person in the history of sports to be an all-star in both leagues. And honestly, the way sports is, I guess, concent- so concentrated now, I think he might be the only person to ever do that. Uh, Deion Sanders never did it. Brian Jordan did it. Bo did. So he's a pro bowler in 1990. Um, in four seasons, right, he plays in four different seasons. He leads the league in longest rushing attempt in three of his four seasons. He had a 92-yard run one year, 91-yard run one year, 88-yard run one year. Now, that might sound like, hey, Bo Jackson um, had some really long runs. Those are actually three of the 50 longest runs in NFL history. So Bo Jackson had 515 carries during his career, right? (laughs) In 515 carries, he had three of the – top 50 longest runs in NFL history. That means every 171 times he carried the ball, he had one of the 50 longest runs in NFL history. Just think about that. That was the explosiveness he had. He's the ultimate playmaker. And again, on those 515 carries, he had 2,782 rushing yards, which is good for a 5.4 yards per carry. Um, In terms of all time, like yards per carry, that would be second best all time. If he qualified, he didn't have enough carries to qualify in terms of like NFL rankings all time, but second best all time, best all times, Marion Motley, who played in the forties and fifties. He's 5.7 yards per carry. He's tied with Jamal Charles for second, 5.4 yards per carry. People like Jim Brown, 5.2 yards per carry. Gail Sarias, Barry Sanders, 5.0 yards per carry. So again, almost every... On average, right, Bo Jackson, you give him two carries, he's going to get first down. 5.4 yards per carry for his career. Um, 73.2 yards per game for his career. That's 31st in NFL history. So basically, when they gave him the ball, Bo Jackson did a lot with it. So again, four-year NFL career, 38 games total. Um, Extremely short MLB career with 694 games total. That's, That's his career. So starts playing professional sports in 86. Out of professional sports in 94. Yet, all these years later, we all know who Bo Jackson is. We all still talk about him like this mythical figure. And really, when he did play, he did put on a show. And that's why we're doing this show today. Because he deserves it. Because he's fun to talk about. Jeff Perlman just doesn't write books on anyone. He writes books about people that made a huge impact when they were around. And that people want to read about Bo Jackson, even with that small of a career, that short of a career warrants that level of, you know, investigation and, and just praise, to be honest. And I think the book does a good job of really kind of highlighting who Bo Jackson was and all that he did. 
And I think this podcast did a good job too. So those are the quick facts out of the way. If you're one of my normal listeners, you're upset we're not doing, you know, a, should he be in, shouldn't he be in? I'm sorry, but I promise you, if you like baseball, if you like football, if you like sports, you will enjoy today. So with all of that out of the way, let's bring on Jeff. All right, so I'd like to welcome back to the podcast here, New York Times bestselling author, Jeff Perlman. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm sitting on my daughter's bed, staring at her K-pop posters. It's a little confusing, but otherwise, I'm good. Thank you. You just showed me around the room. Very fun room. A lot bigger than my room as a kid, so I'm a little jealous. Um, We are recording today on October 10th. Um, By the time you are listening to this, uh, Jeff's 10th book will be basically anywhere you can get a book from. That book is titled The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. And Jeff, I'm not going to lie, when I... When I saw that this was going to be your next book, I don't know how many months ago when you finally announced what you were doing, I don't think I could have been more excited. I mean, as you have in the title, Bo Jackson is kind of this mythical figure in sports history. And despite playing, you know, he played both baseball and football. We all know that. But he, when you really look at how many games he played, he barely played in either league yet. I think you could say he's one of the most famous athletes in history. And I know, I felt like I knew enough about him, but I didn't know a book's worth about him. And you kind of, you know, the way you dive into books, I've, I look over my bookshelf. I have a good majority of your books. I don't have them all. I'm not going to name which ones, but I got a good amount of them. You do an excellent job. I know you interview everyone under the sun. So to have that much coverage of Bo, I'm super excited to dive into. My first question for you has to be, you know, this is your 10th book. Mm -hmm. You cover basketball, baseball, football. What's the process into picking like what your next, you know, book is going to be about? How did you decide on Bo? And more importantly, out of anything, why did it take you to your 10th book to talk about Bo Jackson here? I wish this was your first book. So um, it's funny. I appreciate that. I, um, when I, when I, like, I'm, I'm really big into nostalgia, right? And the books I've enjoyed the least of the ones I've written are the ones that weren't nostalgic. Um, like the Roger Clemens book, which I'm guessing you haven't read is one of my, is my least favorite book I've written. That was a good move on your part, not to read it. It's, it's okay. It's fine, whatever. But I wasn't nostalgic for Roger Clemens because I covered Roger Clemens when I was a baseball writer and um, Barry Bonds, it's a better book than Clemens, but like, I wasn't nostalgic for Barry Bonds. He was someone I covered and he seemed topical, but I love nostalgia. Like I love digging into, I always say food, music, sports. Love have this power right and and i really do think nostalgia is the number one thing about sports more than anything just like it is music you're driving down the road and you hear a song from high school and even if it's for a fleeting second it puts you back in high school for a second it gives you that feeling you're on the dance floor at your prom your palms are sweaty whatever you know and for me bo jackson is super in my nostalgic warehouse like he's right there when i was a kid i had bo jackson posters on my wall when i went to college at the university of delaware i brought my bo jackson posters with me i had them up i remember vividly him leading off the all-star game in 1989 with a home run and i I could tell you everything about that moment before i wrote the book and there was just something about him and i said this to someone yesterday playing basketball Someone's like, oh, it's a, I hear this all the time. This is the number one thing you hear about Bo Jackson. Oh, it's such a shame. 
what he could have been, blah, blah, blah. And I always say like, he's a much more interesting book having not been. Like, let's say he had become Eric Dickerson in football. Well, Eric Dickerson wrote an autobiography earlier this year and it didn't sell very much. And let's say he became Sean Green in baseball or Sean Green was an excellent baseball player, but it's not like people are clamoring to recap. Like there is something about the big what if, if of it all. In fact, I think that's what it is. It's the what if, what could have been? Well, he would have been this, he would have been that. Uh, he wouldn't have been that. He wouldn't have been this. He would have been, and the whole thing hangs over this book. And I really feel that pull of the big question mark is a really fascinating part of this book. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And that's one of the best games to play with our friends. Like, what if this happened? What if this injury didn't happen? And being a Chicago guy, as we just talked about before the pod, Jeff, like Derrick Rose is a big topic around here. You know, what if he didn't get hurt? Where does he go there? And I think, again, that's kind of the fun of it. Now, Bo Jackson, is this a book you, when you start, uh, obviously it's your 10th book. This is what you're going to be doing probably for the rest of your life, I would assume, because you're good at it. You people read these books. Did you always know you're going to write a book about Bo Jackson at some point or no. is this no oh, definitely not I uh I kind of go book to book I have ideas in my head every now and then that I think like down like the USFL book I wrote I really yeah. want to write a USFL book for years Bo Jackson I just again I was thinking I basically have three sort of things I ask myself I really do it sounds corny but it's true um mm. number one has a book been done and hasn't been done well and Bo Jackson wrote with Dick Schapp a really excellent autobiography that came out in 1990 called Bo Knows Bo. And it was great, but um, it's been 30 years. Uh, number two, will I lose my mind spending two years of my life devoted to the subject, which is really more important than you think because you, you go all into a subject and you can't escape. So can I survive two years of the mental rep repetition? And I thought the answer was yes. And number three, does it have a chance at selling? Like you never know if a book is gonna sell. You sure. don't know if it's not could it couldn't my clemens book bombed you know i didn't know it would bomb but i do think bo jackson is a big enough topic and a fascinating enough person that there's a shot so that's why i did it yeah and i read you interviewed i know your books are always extremely like you interview a million people i saw for this one you interviewed it looks like over 700 individuals is there one interview that really stuck out to you or if there's not one is there just one that's coming to mind right now that you're really glad that you interviewed that person because you got some major tidbits for the book that you had never even heard before. Yeah, well, sometimes timing is everything. And Bo Jackson's, um, one of his closest teammates at Auburn was a guy named Lionel Little Train James who wound up with a very impressive career in the NFL with the San Diego Chargers. Mm -hmm. He was a running back. And I interviewed Lionel and then, uh, and he was great. He gave me tons of information and thoughts about Auburn and race and class at Auburn and sort of the football program at Auburn and the highs and the lows and Bo and the whole thing. Uh, and then he tragically died about five months after I interviewed him. Uh. So, and he was, you know, probably 60, like not that old. And um, so I'm really happy I got to talk to him beforehand. Uh, I really am. And then um, one of the best guys I talked to, there's a guy, he's been a broadcaster for years. I think he still is, Matt Millen, former, uh, yeah. he was a longtime linebacker. Then became a historically bad GM with the Detroit Lions. But um, he told a story I'd kind of heard about, but he really went into it. When Bo Jackson, so Bo Jackson joins the Raiders in 1987. And he had been, um, you know, been with the Royals. He said he wasn't going to play football. Then he signs. He plays football. He shows up for his first season. And this is a strike interrupted season where the NFL, there was a, a player strike. And for three games, 
Um, they use scabs instead. They use uh, replacement players. And finally, the players come back. The real players come back, and they're having their first practice. And Matt Millen tells him his story. They they had let a lot of the scab players stay around to work out with the team, so there's a lot of intermingling. And the guys who came back hated the scabs. So Matt Millen is playing linebacker in a workout drill, and this running back gets a handoff, and he just blows past Matt Millen. And Matt Millen's like, "What the fuck? Some scab is kicking my ass. My ass is bullshit." And he uh, run the play again, run the play again. Well, they run the play again. And uh, Matt Millen just gets toasted by this running back, this scab running back. And Matt Millen goes back to the huddle and he's like, I can't believe this. God, I'm slow. What the hell? And one of his other veterans starts cracking up and he's like, you idiot. That's not a scab. That's Bo Jackson. It's his first day. And uh, he just a lot of like really good stuff like that. Good yeah, I bet. So Jeff, this is going to be very hard for you, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to try your best here. You've been, knee deep in Bo Jackson stuff for probably the last what year, year and a half, two years, two researching, years. talking, it's all you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you to try to think about before you started thinking about him every single day to maybe two or three years ago, before all this started, if someone, if someone at a dinner party, a bar, birthday party, whatever, were to bring up the name Bo Jackson to you, what would be the first thing that would pop into your mind? The first absolute first thing could be anything. Someone says Bo Jackson, what are you thinking about? I think Monday Night Football, 1987, when he he runs 91 yards down the sideline on his first like this is his coming out party as a as a mm -hmm. footballer, and then um, he runs over Brian Bosworth in the end zone, and it was this again. I remember vividly, and this is not like some made up memory, like watching that game on TV, and just being like, "Holy crap! Like this is ridiculous." So Monday Night Football by far. Yeah, and and for the listeners that maybe don't know what Jeff's talking about, that was only the fifth game of his rookie season runs for 221 yards on 18 carries has three touchdowns, including the 91 yard that Jeff just mentioned. And at the time that was the third most ever rushing yards by a rookie in a game. It was also the fourth fewest carries by a player in NFL history to get to 200 rushing yards. And that was Bo, the, the big, you know, the big plays he had, he played in the NFL for four seasons. He led the league in longest rushing attempt three of the four seasons. That was kind of just showing his raw, ability now jeff you mentioned that game and i think a lot of people would say that might be bo's mess most memorable moment mm -hmm. but still like i think what makes bo jackson so fun and so mythical and so celebrated is even though again he had this very short career he has all these memorable moments there's a lot of highlights you point to even though there was few opportunities for him to have highlights outside of that game what would you say his most memorable moment as an athlete was? I'm going to go two. I'm going to say okay. climb the wall in Baltimore. You've seen yep. that, right? When he climbs the wall in Baltimore. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's seen that. And um, the, the crazy thing about that, a few things about that. The ball was hit by a Baltimore Oriole named, it was in Baltimore, named uh, Joe Orsalak. Okay. And um, I called Orsalak, talked to him. He had no idea until 10 years after that play that he was the one who hit the ball because he hit the ball put his head down, was looking toward the first base coach and looks up and Bo Jackson has the ball. He didn't know until 10 years later that he was a guy who hit it. So that's kind of crazy. And then um, the throw against Seattle when he throws out Harold Reynolds at home plate. Yep. Obviously, I mean, if it's not the best throw in baseball history, it's got to be in the top three. And um, Reynolds for years. So it's funny because when the play ends, the third base coach and the, Mariner, and the Mariners uh, manager comes storming out and they're screaming at the ump. And I talked to the third base coach, who was Bob Schaefer. 
and he's like, I wasn't screaming because I thought Bo Jackson was, um, was I, because I thought Harold Reynolds was safe. I was screaming because the umpire was so out of position to make that call because basically everyone, it was, if, if Harold Reynolds had scored, the game was over. So everyone walked away. They just assumed the game was over. So like Bob Boone, the catcher started walking off. The guys in the dugout start clearing off. The umpires are like, he's never going to make this throw. They're walking off. And then when Bo releases the throw, everyone has to rush back to position. So the umpire is like 30 feet up the line toward third base. And uh, it's, I mean, it's just an amazing play. It's ridiculous. And Jeff, that's the play, right? The TV cameras don't even catch him actually throwing the ball, right? Yeah. So the ball just gets rifled and then the guy's out and everyone's like, what the hell just happened? Well, the name of the book is The Last Folk Hero. And it really came from a conversation I had with Joe Posnanski, who's a great, great writer. And he basically called him that because he said like he, he was the last mythical superstar to play in an era where you didn't see everything, right? And he was referring to that throw because we know the throw happened. We know it's amazing. We we see Bo Jackson get the ball, but we never see him release a ball because there's a single camera shot. So it's almost like this, again, there's this like mythology. Yeah, he made this amazing throw. Did anyone see it? No, you had to be there. Otherwise you didn't. It's amazing. Yeah, no. And especially, I mean, again, we're not talking about Bo Jackson didn't play in the fifties and sixties. This is a guy that played, you know, He's playing the nineties and we're still talking about him almost like you had to be there to see it or you couldn't believe it. And it's kind of funny. And he probably is the last, I mean, your book title is spot on because now I know where uh, Kevin Durant ate lunch yesterday. So there, there's nothing to the left of the imagination anymore. He probably is the last now, Jeff, on our, our normal shows we do here, you know, we're going through hall of fame cancies. I usually ask whoever I have on, I ask them, you know, who's, who's the twin of, of the player, that's in the hall of fames today, right? Who, who is closest to being that type of player. Now, Bo Jackson just didn't play long enough. So we're never going to be talking about his hall of fame. can because he just, he doesn't qualify four seasons in the NFL, 38 games. It's like two and a half full seasons, you know, I think 694 baseball games. However, his talent, it's, it's all world talent. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit about the best athletes of all time, but talent wise, I think he had Hall of Fame football talent. Baseball, I think he did, but not as much as I think in football. But you brought up names like Eric Dickerson earlier, who's, of course, a Hall of Famer. When you're talking about baseball, I think you brought up Sean Green, not, not a Hall of Famer. If you had to like look at someone in the Hall of Fame for football and the Hall of Fame for baseball and just be like, talent-wise, Bo was similar to them, who would it be for football and who would it be for baseball? Is it Eric Dickerson for football and and I guess we need a baseball player from you, but is that the one you usually go with to compare him to? If he was healthy, he would have been an Eric Dickerson type player. I say Jim Brown. Jim I think Brown. He's a Jim Brown player, the combination of speed and power running guys over. He wasn't overly shifty. He wasn't not shifty, but he wasn't overly shifty. He would just beat the crap out of you. So, and high and just so ridiculously gifted and skilled. So Jim Brown in baseball, I mean, in football, baseball, it's hard, right? Because, he was really talented, but um, but he was so raw. He was so incredibly raw that it's hard to say, like, like I think in a way the best comparison for baseball might be a Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield ah. was a multi-sports star. Uh, he could do a lot of things. He was much, much, much more polished than Bo Jackson was. But I actually, when I make the Sean Green comparison, I actually think that's what that's kind of who Bo Jackson would have been in baseball, which is to say a really, 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 really good major league ball player. 
like he was like a Mondesi or Sean Green. Where sure. he was like he was great. I don't think he was a Hall of Famer in baseball. If he had maybe if he had fully devoted himself, the thing is he would drive the Royals crazy. Like it doesn't go spoken enough. Like you want to go to the negatives of Bo Jackson. Like you're the Kansas City Royals. This guy agrees to play with you. You're like, all right, we need to send you the instructional league because you need a lot of work. Well, he went for about two weeks and left. He was like, I don't want to do this. He <laughs> he really never studied the game. Uh, he was not a great base runner. His routes in the outfield were shit. Like, he wasn't perfect. He made up for everything with this, you know, just ridiculous athleticism. But there's so many holes in baseball that it would have taken a long time for him to be that. Yeah, and, and like when I was looking at the Hall of Famers, and again, I, I kind of agree with you there. I, I, I put up players like Vlad Guerrero just because they had a cannon arm, could hit for power, could steal bases. Andre Dawson, too, was up there as well. The whole commit to baseball full-time, that's a big thing. You know, it's come up time and time again. You know, that's just, again, trying to play football and baseball, too, at the same time. That, that's a lot to manage. I know Dion suffered for that as well when he tried to do that. Brian Jordan, I think, as well. People forget about Brian Jordan whenever we're talking about the two-sport athlete here. If, Jeff, hypothetically, because, again, Bo Jackson, it's all what-ifs, right? If Bo Jackson never picks up a football and just grows up only playing baseball, commits fully to it, do you think he would have, he could have ended up as a Hall of Fame baseball player? If that's all he dedicated his time to, he had a completely healthy career. Yeah. I mean, he had the talent. But, again, like, there's some, it's almost like um... – why did someone ask me? I used to get a lot of hypotheticals about like if Shaq, oh, it was when I wrote a book about the Shaq Kobe Lakers and people would be like, what if Shaq had dedicated himself fully to basketball? And it's like, yeah, I get it. But he wasn't going to, right? Like he wasn't yep. going to. And sure. like the thing about Bo that I find really interesting, this is almost a little bit of a criticism to be honest, is like sure. he would always be like, I don't lift weights. I don't lift weights. Bo don't lift weights. I don't lift weights, right? And he didn't. And it's kind of like, well, why didn't you like you're playing these two sports these sports beat the living crap out of you bo doesn't do bo doesn't swim well why aren't you swimming in the off season like these sports beat the crap out of you like why aren't you doing these things and it became almost this braggy thing like yeah, i can jump straight from baseball to football and i could just jump from you know football to baseball and it's like yeah but if you don't maintain i know you're a greek god which he was but if you don't maintain you are going to get hurt and he did get hurt and the royals would always he was mad at the royals when they released him, right? They released him um, in spring training after he got hurt in 91. And he was mad. And it's like, and I love Bo Jackson, but it's like, buddy, man, you did, you did decide to do this. Like you made this decision to play football and you did get hurt in football. And all these guys told you, you're going to get hurt in football and you ignore them. So it's a weird, the what if doesn't really work because I don't think there was a what if possibility of him doing that. No. That, that's completely fair. And I do want to get to something I, I actually threw up on Twitter because I needed a little brainstorming last night when I was doing this myself. But Jeff, if you can even remember last time I had you on, it was 2020. It was a long time ago. You probably did like 800 interviews since then. So you probably don't remember. But yours was the best. I, I get out of here. I, I threw you on the spot all of a sudden. I was like, all right, we're going to build Rushmore's for sports. Uh, I gave you no prep. We built USFL Rushmore's. We're the first and only people in history to do that. Okay. I'm here for this. Yeah. To, today, today's a little different. Um, I think more people will be interested in this one than the USFL. I think that was more for you and I. 
Bo Jackson gets thrown around a lot. I've seen on any list of best athletes of all time. And I always, this is, I think, why I have always been so drawn to Bo Jackson, because this list will have some of the best players of all time in terms of the production they had on the court, the championships they won, and they're all all-time first ballot Hall of Famer guys. And then there's always just Bo Jackson there because mm-hmm. he was so talented and people were so wowed but what, by what he could do. And he was such a natural athlete, as you said. Bo didn't lift weights, but he was like the strongest guy out on the, out on the, the field. And then he's one of the fastest people on the field while he's that big. And again, people got to remember, Bo was what, like 6'1", 230, and back when he was playing football, the linebackers and everyone weren't as big as they are today. Like he was as big as a lot of the defensive players. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Jeff, what I wanted to do today, I started listing out who I have down as the best athletes of all time. And I, I kept it strictly. I wanted to keep the pool a little smaller here because if I want to make it only males, because if you throw in women's athletes, I mean, then Serena, Simone, there's even more people coming in. It can just flood the gates here. So I want to keep it male Rushmore's our top four athletes of all time. And, and again, well, first of all, maybe before I give you my description, if I'm, if I keep saying this out loud, Jeff, the best athletes of all time, what does that mean to you? The best athlete of all time. I mean, obviously it means sort of base level freakish athleticism, which Bo Jackson had. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like, uh, like Mike Trout, everyone says he's a freak athlete and I'm sure he is a freak athlete. It's a little hard to measure when he just plays baseball. It just is not the sport that lends itself to the measuring stick. So I think you have to be able to display the athleticism. Also, obviously there's no real such thing as who's the best athlete, you know, for all we know, I mean, Michael Jordan struggled in baseball still as a six, six guy hit two Oh two playing double a baseball, having never played baseball since high school. So that's pretty freaking amazing. Um, So I think you have to go raw level of athleticism and just this ability to do things that other human beings can't even come close to. Good. You're right on the money. That's exactly what I think because I threw it out yesterday and people were arguing with me and I just got off Twitter because that's what you do when people start going crazy there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I have the same kind of recognition as you for it's pure talent. How I always look at it is if I, if this person growing up, like if you put them in another sport and you had them only train that sport, would they be a chance that could make it pro in that just based on their natural talent? I always like, I always think of the U.S. men's soccer team, if we, you know, we didn't have the NBA or the NFL and we were putting our absolute best athletes on our soccer team from day one, I think we could have the best soccer team in the world, but we just have all these other sports they play and the best athletes maybe don't always get there. So that's kind of how I look at it. We're going to go back and forth. We're each going to end up with four players here and we're going to, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. The internet can decide who drafted the best here. I think last time I put it up, they all gave you the USFL draft, and that's fine with me. You're the guest. I'm going to give you the first pick, and we'll just go back and forth till we each have four. So best athletes of all time, who do you throw on there first? Bo, Bo Jackson. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I go Jim Brown. Okay. Again, football Hall of Famer, also lacrosse Hall of Famer. And as yep. you said, you kind of compared him to Bo, so I think it's a perfect comparison there. I go Dion. Go Dion. So I go Wilt Chamberlain. And, and the reason why 7'1, 275. We saw what he did in the NBA. I don't know if, I mean, he was playing against Bill Russell and then everyone else. 
but he's also a volleyball hall of famer in college at Kansas. He was doing like the hundred meter dash in high jump as a 275 pound seven, one guy. So Wilt Chamberlain is easily my number two. I go uh, Jim Thorpe, number three. Ah, Thorpe, I I'd be able to get him. Yeah. I mean, Jim no, he was Thorpe's, Bo before Bo. He man. was Bo before Bo, right? Yeah. So you're losing right now. I hate to break this to you. You're losing right now. I like, I like my guys so far. I am going and you, you, so you brought this guy up earlier too, but you didn't, I, I was going to do this here. So, so Dave Winfield, you brought him up earlier, right? Yeah. Only guy ever drafted in major league baseball, the NBA and the NFL. I like that, that pure athletic from, and he's a hall of fame baseball player. So I'll go Dave Winfield. So my final pick would be, I don't know if this is a little old for you, is Carl Lewis, who... Um, oh, no. It's excellent. Nine Olympic gold medals, one silver, 10 world championship medals. The guy was, you know, a sprinter. He did the 100, did the 400, did the was a hurdler. Uh, probably, in many ways, the greatest athlete of my lifetime, but he's in track and field, so some people forget. Am I making this up, Jeff? Or did Carl Lewis, like, have a tryout with an NFL team once as, like, a kick returner? Am I making that up? I think he might have with the Dallas Cowboys okay. or at least, you know what? No, 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 no. He never was tried. He never tried out. He was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. He okay. never, uh, he never went. He drafted 12th round, just like that. 12th round in the 84 draft. Okay. Cause I know they tried to do that with Justin Gatlin on like the Texans. I don't know if he ever actually played in the NFL. I feel like they try to do that from time to time, but I feel like Carl Lewis, one of them. So my last one just thrown out there. I'm between John Elway, Michael Vick and Bill Russell. LeBron. Um, no LeBron. Oh shit. We haven't talked about LeBron. I've emboldened here. Yeah. LeBron six, eight, two sixty. One of the you. biggest freak of natures of all time. Yeah. Could probably play tight in the NFL if he ever wanted to. I know he flirted with it. He was never doing it, but yeah, LeBron James. So yeah, yeah. Jeff, I feel very good about mine too, but Dion Bo right off the bat, is probably going to crush me. Dion Bo Thorpe so. is a strong top. Yeah. Wait, wait, what is this? Yeah. That is a very, that's like the evolution of it basically. Yeah. And, and I guess, and maybe this isn't even a fair question to ask you, but, you know, Bo and Dion, because they played around the same time and kind of did the same thing, I think they're also brought up in the conversation at the same time. Is there really, like, in turn, like, Dion obviously put it together for more seasons in the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer. So I think most people give him the edge just because he put the production out. But like, who are you, who are you choosing in a head to head battle? I mean, I know you picked Bo there in the Rushmore. Maybe it's because the book's coming out. Maybe that's the obvious choice, but are you picking Bo over Dion every time in terms of just natural athletic ability? Yeah, I think so. The thing is, all right. So Dion was amazing, like amazing. Yeah. And I, I could watch Dion Sanders highlights and they always say like, there's, there's certain guys watching them go from, from home to third on a triple was just like watching a runaway train. And that was Deion Sanders. There are a couple of guys like that, Mookie Wilson, Willie Wilson, but Deion Sanders was preposterous. The thing is, Bo Jackson might've been a hair faster than Deion Sanders and he outweighed him by 40 pounds. Like it's preposterous. It's truly preposterous. And there's this game, if you ever go to YouTube and watch it, uh, it was when the, uh, Deion was a, was a rookie with the, with the Yankees. He was playing with the Yankees and it was a Yankee stadium. And Bo is with the Royals. And Bo, at this point, can't stand Deion Sanders. He doesn't know him well, but he um, he's tired of Deion Sanders always talking. It happened in 1990, July 17th, 1990. And um, Bo Jackson hits three home runs at Yankee Stadium in this matchup where Deion's playing center. And Deion then 
hits an inside the park home run where Bo Jackson dies for the ball, misses, and ends up screwing up his shoulder and having to go on the IR. Mm. And it's amazing, amazing game. I'm begging you, look up Deion later. Deion Sanders legs out inside the park home run on YouTube. You won't be disappointed. All right. Mm-hmm. So so just for you, the, those at home, again, they were keeping score. I'm looking at it now on my screen here. Jeff, you did definitely win this, but I'm going to throw <laughs> up on Twitter anyway. So Jeff ended up with Bo, Bo Dion Thorpe and Carl Lewis. So I'm going to get crushed here now. Yeah. As Now my Winfield pick, I'm kind of hating. I think I would have went Russell just for name recognition even. But I have LeBron, Jim Brown, Wilt Chamberlain, Winfield. Um, unless all the LeBron fans come out of the woodwork to vote me in, um, Jeff is going to crush that. And I'll give him the title right now on that. Um, Jeff, before I get you out of here, there's one thing I want to ask you because I've – I think so when it comes to athleticism and freak athletes, I feel like people always, especially in football, they go to the 40 yard dash. That is, that is always what people gravitate to. And for the longest time in my life, especially when the combine I'm watching on on TV um, and you hear about the fastest players ever. And then you hear about the players from like the fifties and they're using like something I've never heard. It's not even a stopwatch, something else. It's like, okay, that's not accurate. But it's always been told to me that Bo Jackson probably has like the fastest recorded 40 time. And I've read things that, you know, he had a three, nine on a stopwatch and then four, one, two at his pro day and someone else tied him at, can you set the record straight for my listeners? Cause you have done all the research. You're going to give me the closest to what exactly his 40 time was. What is his 40 time? And do you believe he is the fastest 40 time out there, I guess, in history here? I mean, he ran a four one three at an Auburn pro day, and he just they he was an underclassman. They just asked him to run it, and he ran it. He never actually ran it at the combine or anything like that, but he ran a four one three, which is utterly preposterous. Again, at the time, he probably weighed two twenty five, running a four one three. Tyreek Hill doesn't run a four one three, and then interestingly, he signs with the Raiders, and one day they're timing guys, but they're timing them in pads, in pads on grass, and he ran a four one seven, which is ridiculous. That's insane. It's insane. It's ridiculous. And the whole thing about Bo, I will say, it's important to say, is like, all right, like I opened the book with a plane, uh, the Chicago White Sox plane catches on fire. Yep. And there are two I didn't members. Know, first of all, I didn't know that story. And that's how I opened when I started reading your book. I, I was yeah. like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. what? I've never even heard this story. Before. I didn't know it either. But um, he's on the White Sox and the plane catch. There's a reason I'm saying this. And plane catches on fire. And the players all think it's literally on fire. They're flying from California back to Chicago. Wings on fire. Players are like praying. Everything's going crazy. And there are two versions of the story. One is Bo Jackson charges out of the cockpit because he'd been in there talking to the pilots. And he's telling everyone, stay calm, everyone. Everyone's okay, blah, blah, blah. You're good. And the other one is he got up and went into the cockpit to help them fly the plane. That was also a memory, a crystal clear memory. And I always say like, he sets a myth I kind of wrote jokingly, they probably both happened. Yeah, they probably both happened. Yep. The thing about Bo is no one has like documentation that he ran a 413, <laughs> but enough people were there that I believe it. And no one had documentation that he ran a force one seven on grass with the Raiders. And it seems preposterous, but then it's like maybe it wasn't preposterous because this guy was preposterous in and of himself. So can I say definitively hundred percent certain the 413 was a solid 413? No. But am I willing to say it wasn't? No. Yeah, no, I, I kind of expected that type of answer, but that that's that's it. And that's kind of what your book, 
really covers. And Jeff, I lied earlier. This is actually my last question. Okay. Will we ever see another Bo Jackson? Yeah. I mean, the you know what the problem is, honestly, is I hate being old man Willie here, but like <laughs> we're so specialized now. Like we force our kids to choose sports early on. And like one thing about like Bo, one thing about when I wrote about Brett Favre, who by the way is an asshole, but like when I wrote about these guys, they grew up like Bo Jackson literally grew up scaling fences, like running away, having rock throwing contests and, and sneaking into his house by jumping over ditches. And he played football and then he played baseball. And it was like, what do you want to do today? Well, let's go throw rocks at cars. Like nowadays I see with my kids, if you're playing basketball, you're year round, you're playing basketball. If you're playing baseball, you're playing baseball year round. So I don't see the development, the multi-sport development. So it's a long shot, longer shot, but somewhere out there, there's some six-year-old kid named Bob or Steve or Jim or whatever, Marcus or Bob, you know, Brian, who's this insane athlete who's doing the things Bo Jackson did. And at some point, I think we'll see another one like that. All right. So the last folk hero, the life and myth of Bo Jackson, it came out October 25th. When you're listening to this, it has been out already. Probably anywhere you can find a book, that book will be available. Jeff, anything else you want to plug before we get you out of here? I mean, I have a podcast, Two Writers Sling and Yang. It's every week. It's a journalism podcast. Um, I enjoy it. That's about it. But I hope people like this book, man. And if, and you can always email me if anyone, or just hit me up on Twitter. If anyone has any questions or complaints, I'm, I'm always happy to engage. Maybe limit the complaints to Jeff. Uh, send him questions. Jeff, thank you for coming on. Appreciate the time. Good luck with the, the book tour. And um, I look forward to finishing the book. I'm about a little over halfway through. I'm excited to finish it up. You need to work on your drafting skills. Next, next, time I, <laughs> next time I have a book out, your drafting skills better be improved. <laughs> I'll do a little more there. Take care, Jeff. All right. So I want to thank Jeff again for coming on the podcast to talk about Bo Jackson. Uh, his book on Bo is excellent. If you've never read Perlman before, go read his books. If, if you have, this book is just as good as his others, if not one of his better books. Um, and again, there's not a much better topic than Bo Jackson. Uh, the book I feel like could have been even longer. It's just, it's long enough, but, um, there's, there's so many stories about Bo and we just really scratched the surface today. Uh, it is worth your time. So go check that out. That is all we have for you today though. So if you don't already, please subscribe to us, follow us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Pot of Fame, and we will talk to you next Monday. Have a great week.